0: written and narrated by New York Times best-selling ghostwriter Nancy French and is available everywhere audiobooks are sold
1: Hello this is Russell Moore and you're listening to Signposts and we're in this weird, uh, dark uh, sort of time right now with the coronavirus. And one of the people that I wanted to talk to immediately was Jeb Bush, former governor of Florida, two-term governor of uh, Florida, uh, someone that uh, everybody listening to this would be familiar with, Jeb Bush. And and many of you uh, would be familiar with the very eventful time that he had during his time as governor, Uh, With multiple hurricanes coming through. So, this is somebody who's very accustomed to crisis and dealing with crisis, and somebody who was um, all around, uh, really, people across the partisan spectrum and the ideological spectrum all would say Jeb Bush handled crisis well uh, as governor of Florida. And right now we're in a situation where everybody is having to manage crisis, whether you're a pastor, whether you're a business owner, whether you're a, a local official or a mom or dad, uh, you're, you're dealing with crisis right now. So I wanted to talk to him. Governor Bush, thanks so much for being with us today on Signpost
0: you bet russell it's great to great to be talking with you and it's it's important to be talking about how we deal with this uh this crisis because it's also uh an incredible opportunity to to serve you know i'm i'm a little frustrated sitting on the sidelines watching this unfold but uh, thankful and so blessed that i have uh my family protected the people that i care for thank goodness are all doing well but this is a huge crisis for so many people and and um it's hard to be able to engage when we socially distance. You know, it's really yeah. hard.
1: Do you think that uh, so far, the the way that you're seeing it, do you think most people are doing the right thing when it comes to social distancing and, and the sorts of recommendations that we have? Do you do you trust people to do that?
0: I do. I do. I think uh, the messaging at the local, state, and federal level has been, took a while to get there, but has been pretty consistent about the importance to, Stay at home if you can. Uh, if you can't, to be able to, you know, to wear a mask, to wash your hands, to don't touch your face—all those things uh, that all of us can do—I think people are heeding that advice. I, I basically interact with people once a week at the grocery store from seven at seven a.m., and everybody that goes uh, is following those instructions. We're all separate and apart. And I think that's going to play a really important role to get us back on track. There's going to be a lot of suffering along the way. You know, look, this is this is the chance for servant leadership across the board. And and, you know, we don't have to rely on a White House briefing to know what the the common sense things are to do. And I think most people are hating that advice.
1: You know, one of the things I think about every time I think about you is is uh, being down at your place in Miami and and riding around in the car with you in Miami, and you, uh, just talking about my hometown of Biloxi, you started talking about Hurricane Katrina. And I was I was in awe because you knew uh, essentially how many uh, emergency vehicles were in each county at the time, something that happened a, a decade before, and it wasn't even your state. A- and of course you had to deal with these, these massive and destructive hurricanes coming into uh, Florida repeatedly while you were governor. How do you communicate to people, especially in a time where you know, I can notice on social media, you go on Facebook and somebody will be saying, well, if you gargle with this concoction, you can protect yourself from coronavirus. How do you come in and communicate to people in a way that sort of cuts through all that noise to get to people to, to know what to do?
0: Well, you know, we had eight hurricanes, four tropical storms in about 16, 17 months. It was $200 billion of insured and uninsured losses. And I, I, I can tell you the first storm that, that hit us, um, I remember the date. I remember exactly you know what was going on, but we got better at responding, at preparing, at recovery as we went along. It was the most dynamic process of service that I will ever have experienced. And the team people stepped up. And so um, the first thing I'd say is that leaders have to lead, and you can garner people's respect and they'll hear you if they know your heart's in the right place and that you're serious and that you're honest with them that you're communicating you know you're not you're not trying to spin them you're you're giving them a message of hope but also make it really realistic and i learned that on the you know basically on the job it's a lot harder now i'd say because social media is so much more pervasive than it was when we were dealing with these storms And there's a lot of, to use a common vernacular, there's a lot of fake news. There's a tremendous amount of Mm -hmm. information that you have to curate these days. So that's why public leadership really matters. The words that come out of our leaders really have to be clear and consistent, and they have to be truth-based. And people have to be you know, have to believe in them and have to be inspired by them. And that's how you get through these crises, for sure.
1: One of the things that, that I've had to deal with a lot over the last uh, several weeks is uh, the relationship between churches and governments and, and a lot of a lot of mistrust in, in both directions. So you, you will have uh, recommendations or orders that come down for shelter in place. And at first, there were a lot of churches that were reluctant to do that, Uh, I I had to deal with a lot of, well, is the government just trying to shut us down and, and say, no, this is you really need to do this and to work through that trust on on both sides. Is there a way that we can do that better so that next time we face something, we don't have some of the paranoia that we have on both sides right now?
0: Well, I think I think if if when we're on the other side of this and we look back and and people look at this and they say, here's why we got through it, we got through it because. People wore masks when they went outside. Um, more importantly, they distanced themselves from even their loved ones. I mean, for me, this last Sunday, we have what we call Sunday Fun Day in our family, and I got the edict from my my uh, my son and daughter-in-law that we're not going to be able to see our near-perfect two grandchildren, my granddaughters. It was very painful, but they made that decision because um, we we can't just constantly be um, hanging out with them. So when we get through this, it's going to be clear that following these instructions and not gathering in large community events, irrespective of whether it's a football game or a church service, made the difference. And I think that'll, that'll be helpful. What I'm finding is that there's a lot of creativity about even you know even how, how, we, how we go to church. I, I don't—I mean, I miss going to Mass, uh, but my wife and I at 8.15— Go to um, a website called Word on Fire, where the um, auxiliary bishop of Los Angeles goes through the uh, and has an incredible homily, and it's very inspiring. In fact, it's to be fair about it, I would say it's more inspiring than than the uh, Sunday services sometimes that that we attend. So, um, it's it's been uh, a time of real reflection and the creativity that's coming about where people can connect you know, is is really helpful. I, I and I think there's going to be ways that we can act on our faith as well, rather than just be faithful to Christ, you know, having a consciousness of the suffering around us, even with social distancing, there's ways to act on that, to act on our consciousness and the suffering of others, particularly during this time, finding ways to be able to express our love for Jesus by helping others is um
1: uh, important as well. What do you think about? I mean, I, I think about uh, your your dad, uh, for instance, as president leading us all through the Persian Gulf War and the, the fall of uh, the fall of communism and, and all of those things. But there was always a, he was able to say, "Here is what it's going to look like when Kuwait is liberated," uh, for instance, and you had a clear picture of what of what the other side looked like. Um, are you hopeful about, I think there are a lot of people who are really distressed right now because they're saying, what does this look like on the other end of it? How long does it go? Are we going to be in another great depression? Uh, what, what's your sense of that?
0: I think there are public leaders that we see that get this, that understand that, you know, look, the first thing is to say, to be honest, that this is a great challenge and that there will be people that are hurting and that we have a duty to help people you know, the the frontline healthcare workers, the people that are sick, the elderly that are shut in, all of those people need our, need our love, need our compassion, need our help. Uh, and then those that are suffering because of the economic consequences of the shutdown of the economy are going to need our help. And you need to be, I mean, public leaders need to be completely honest about the hardship. You can't, you have to be, you have to lay out the facts as you see them and describe this this uh, difficult time, and then you have to offer hope. You have to you have to describe what the lush green valley on the other side of the rocky climb of the hill that we're we're now going, you know, we're climbing up. And um, there are some governors that I think have done this really well. Um, I'm not a big fan of Governor Cuomo's um, ideology or his politics, but man, he is really good at doing of offering hope and uh, putting the challenge in a real human context. Uh, and doing it with you know wit and humor, but also with really you know real real compassion and still being honest and and telling the truth about the challenges that we face. Governor Dewine is doing the same thing, and there are mayors across the country that are doing uh, extraordinary work so I think you just have to tell the truth and then you have to be you have to inspire people to see that if we keep doing this right that there's that there is going to be uh, real opportunities for people that right now may feel like um, the whole their whole world has been, you know has just exploded in front of them and they have no chance of uh, recovery.
1: When you think about the the sorts of things that you face, personally, as you're navigating through crisis. I think about uh, somebody who's uh, serving right now as a doctor. I'm hearing from doctors and nurses and and custodians and others in in hospital systems who are just overwhelmed right now, uh, personally, as they're navigating. What what words would you give to to someone just in terms of um, maintaining themselves uh, as they navigate through crisis?
0: Yeah, look, um, what I found was that this was the greatest experience of my life, not just my public life, but uh, the greatest experience I had was serving others when it really mattered. And um, the the hurricanes, particularly, because they happened one after another, and there was huge hardship. Uh, but 9-11 was an example where people stopped flying, and you know, you're living in a state like Florida that depends on it, similar to what's going on now. This, these times are the times where you really can make a difference. And if you're a frontline worker, I mean, I hope they know that uh, they're the new heroes that Americans um, look up to. And the financial support that people you know are providing is an indication of that, but just the moral support as well, the clapping at five o'clock, the you know, the standing ovation outside out when people open up their windows and just start applauding at five o'clock in some of these big teeming urban areas to say thank you, um, hopefully will inspire these, these folks that are endangering their lives and in, in their families' conditions as well to realize that this is a moment, that this is the chance to, to really serve when people really need it. I don't know. I felt I was so motivated by that uh, when I had that chance. And when times got tough, my my faith was really helpful. Um, it's hard to describe, but you know, it's so easy to to um, kind of take the shortcut or the easy way out rather than stay the course. And if you're guided, if you you know, if you're blessed with a, a a faith that you know, it's always a struggle for sure. But if if you have that in your life, it is really helpful in the in the moments where you don't know if you can keep on. To to remember the particular this time of year where you think of the, um, you know, all the imperfections we have, and Jesus took all the burdens of all the world on his shoulders and was crucified for us. And you think about that and think about the struggles that we're going through now, and it pales by comparison, my friend. Mm,
1: absolutely. Well, thank you, Governor Bush, for being here uh, with us today. I'm, I'm, I have such uh, respect and love for you and am thankful uh, for you and, and really want you and your family to be safe and well through this.
0: Likewise, likewise, and continue doing the great work that you do. Thank you.